Welcome to the Universal Joint Podcast. I'm entertainment writer Jim Hill, and my co-host, Dustin Fuse, and I are recording this podcast on Sunday, September 6, 2020, which is the day before Dustin's birthday. So, happy early birthday, Dustin. Oh, Uh, thank you. Do you and Jill have plans? I mean, I know from when we were pre-gaming, you had plans until... COVID-19 came along, right? Or- yeah. What's the, the rules for 2020 birthdays? I think everything's just been put off until next year. Uh. So we're, we're hoping to, you know, get down to Florida. I had a really great reservation for my birthday, and then all of a sudden COVID happened. So, yeah, we're, we're seeing what will happen. I'm assuming it's just going to be the same thing that everybody else is doing, takeout and Netflix. <laughs> Well, okay. The folks at Disney aren't going to be happy to hear that. So maybe Mulan, hey, you know, to pay that $29 premium. Yeah, and we're a universal show, so you can't not talk about Peacock TV. But I think we're all in the same boat trying to figure out exactly what a celebration in 2020 actually looks like. (sighs) That is the question, isn't it? Um, Anyway, folks, uh, once again, it's been a while between shows and... Uh, why so long? Again, not Dustin's fault. Want to stress that right up front. Uh, had some family stuff to deal with. My 88-year-old mom went into the hospital in late July with an intestinal thing, which meant that somebody had to watch my 88-year-old father, uh, who had a quintuple bypass a few years ago and never fully recovered from that. So anyway, once mom got out of the hospital... Uh, It was kind of catch-up time, and I was able to get all the other shows at the Jim Hill Media Podcast up and running, uh, with the notable exception of I Want That, because, as it turns out, Shelly had her own medical issues, which she's now recovered from, and we're looking to record a new Disney merch podcast this coming week on Wednesday. Um, But again, the, the problem was the one show I had trouble getting going again was Universal Joint. But again, that was my problem, not Dustin's. Um, so what was my major malfunction here? Um, Dustin, have you ever heard the, the, the joke about the guy who went on vacation and left his pet cat in the care of his idiot brother? Oh, no. I know where this is going. Okay, here we go. All right. <laughs> Classic Borschfeld, folks. Saddle in. Okay. So, uh, this guy goes on vacation, you know, uh, and so he gets to his destination. He you know, just calls home to check in, see how things are going. And it's during this phone call that his idiot brother blurts out, your cat is dead. And as you might expect, the guy on vacation, huge cat lover, is immediately beside himself with grief. And um, But at the same time, he reams his idiot brother out for breaking this bad news in such an abrupt manner. And so the idiot brother asks this guy, well, if you had really bad news, how would you go about breaking it? And the guy goes, well, look, when it comes to bad news, you want to break it to somebody gently, gradually. Like, if it were me, and if I had to break news like this to someone that their beloved cat had died, I'd set off that first phone call by saying, well, your cat's up on the roof and I can't get her down. And then the next time you call, it's like, well, the fire department is here now and they're trying to get the cat off the roof. And and then the next time you call, it's like, well, the cat fell off the roof or the fire department was trying to rescue it, but it's now at the veterinary hospital. And then finally, the next time you call, you go, I'm so sorry. I have some bad news. The people at the veterinary hospital did everything they could, but the injuries your cat suffered were just too severe. And and sadly, it passed away. See, 
Rick, that's how you break bad news, you know, slowly, gradually, so a person can get used to it. Got it? And the idiot brother goes, okay, got it. And so now the guy's like trying to move the conversation in a less awkward direction. So how's mom? <laughs> and it's, again, kind of an awkward pause. And then the idiot brother blurts out, mom's up on the roof and I can't get her down. <laughs> so and, uh, this is the thing of, of right now, universal. It's it, 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 Tell me I'm wrong, Dustin. Like for three months. It's been this unending litany of that's closing. This is, you know, this is broken. That, you know, we're making these cuts. There's layoffs. It just, it was so much bad news. It was kind of, you know, it was kind of hard to figure out where to start. Yeah, like you you and I both on our equal sides mm. have so many emails in our draft folders oh. of being like, okay, this is what's going on. We'll jump on and do a recording about this. Mm. And then that morning, something horrible would come up and we're like, okay, well... How do we make this not so it's just a negative show because there's negative news going out there and we'll get into it, believe me, but there's always something that's next. So a couple of ways we can go here, folks. Uh, You know, we could either do the only good news, which if we're talking about Universal, what that's five minutes, right? (laughs) Yeah, a new donut. (laughs) Or... We could rip the bandage off, you know, just take that bandaid, pull it off, and you know, just do all of the bad news, get it all out of the way. Uh, however, folks, of, of two options, I have come up with a third. And the third is, what we're going to do is that Dustin and I will talk about the good news for the next, you know, five, ten minutes or thereabouts. Then we'll do a commercial break, and then we're just going to plunge straight into it. So if you don't want to hear any bad news about what's going on with the Universal Orlando Resort... You can bail out at that point. For now, I mean, Dustin, you've actually you found some some really fun new stuff. Like, uh, well, let's start with the masks. Absolutely, face masks, face coverings, whatever you call them. Uh, you basically have to be safe when you're in the theme parks. And one of the ways that Universal Orlando has brought the personality of a theme park into their merchandise lines is to release a set of masks that focus around various properties within the theme parks. So they've got the Universal Orlando logo, the classic retro logo, which, by the way, huge fan of. But they've also brought out a number of other options around franchises that were are within the, the parks. You've got Trolls. You've got uh, Minions. You've got uh, all the Harry Potter houses. You also have Jurassic World and Jurassic Park. So that'll be really cool. I don't know where Jurassic World is. You know, no one said anything yet. But uh, yeah, it's actually really interesting. So you can head over to the Universal Orlando Resorts uh, website or you can pick them up when you get into the, the theme parks. They're all over the place. Uh, six bucks or four for 20. So actually a pretty good deal. Now, speaking of uh, you brought up uh, Jurassic World and uh, remember, Jurassic World was only four weeks into production uh, when it had to shut down in, in mid-March again because of COVID. Uh, they've since started up production. Uh, you know, that, that's back, they're now shooting in the UK at Pinewood Studios with a ridiculously elaborate coronavirus detections system set up. Um, 
That said, uh, they, again, they were only four weeks into a 20-week-long shoot, and they still have a locked-in uh, June 11, 2021 release date. So, uh, anyway, going to be interesting to see if they can, they can get this in under the wire, because uh, that's a really effects-heavy uh, you know, film, and you know, these days with so many artists and animators and people who work in effects working remotely mm-hmm. uh things aren't moving at speed you know that, that that you know there's a lot of jury rig stuff going on right now so yeah and you're completely right about the release date mm-hmm. do we know whether or not this movie will actually be coming in 2021 no one knows mm-hmm. uh because you know it's already september we don't know what's going to happen between now and the time that the movie comes out all the actors still have to go and do all of their promo stuff and everything like that. No, very, 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 very much so. But um, okay, uh, now we'll get to what happened with this year's Halloween Horror Night mm-hmm. in the second half of today's show. But um, interesting thing is that. We may not have our hard ticket event, but we do have the store, uh, which it, it seems like every time I turn around, there's something new going on in the Halloween Horror Nights Tribute Store at Universal Studios Florida. Yeah, and uh, for folks who have gotten the chance to go into it, uh, it is not just a regular retail experience. You're talking about uh, amazing props, uh, lighting effects, sound effects, and things that are coming out constantly. As you said, there's new stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. For a Halloween Horror Nights fan, you want to get through this. Uh, For me, unfortunately, borders are still closed, uh, so I can't quite make it down there. I'm living vicariously through all of uh, our YouTube friends and folks who are in the parks. A lot of uh, the Universal Orlando annual pass holders are giving great uh, videos of this area. And I just got to say that some of the stuff in this thing from the uh, have you seen the molded uh, pumpkins that are going in? So they they have three different things. It looks like. And once again, I haven't been able to get in. They have pumpkins. Oh, yes. The oh, God, you know, that I am severely dating myself here. But, uh, you know, I, I remember seeing this sort of machine in the 1960s. In fact, I, I want to say uh, Sinclair, uh, as part of the New York World's Fair, did a traveling exhibit of full size dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they actually had one of these machines on site, and uh, it was made out of again. You 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 plunked your quarters into the machine, and you know then you got a brontosaurus. Or excuse me, I'm dating myself again, and an apatosaurus uh, made out of durable wax. Which you know again, you're a small boy in the 1960s. I think made it as far as the car, yeah, uh, before it broke. But yeah, no, no, these are they're very cool. I, you know, and uh, I just wanted to give a, a quick um, shout out. The guys over at uh, the Universal Orlando blog had a great mm-hmm. walkthrough with Rob Cometti, who's the director of Visual Visual Merchandising, mm-hmm. and he he basically said the most challenging element is topping each previous store because mm-hmm. they tend to fall in love with every version and trying to figure out new ways to enhance the experience while giving guests something new to look forward to is always a challenge. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's very unique because Halloween Horror Nights changes every year. Mm-hmm. There's always a new theme. There's always a new style. There are new uh, icons. Having a store, it's 
the way that they bring their creativity to life. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm so jealous of everyone who gets to go into this thing. Well, and also remember, this it, had it gone forward, this year would have been the 30th anniversary of Halloween Horror Night. So you had a lot of, uh, you know, they were paying tribute to, you know, the previous icons as well as playing up the, uh, you know, the new houses. In fact, it's for me, it's interesting to see how they positioned the Beetlejuice props. So, you know, the what is it? The, the, the Beetlejuice as a snake is now selfie central, right? You know, just, but um, speaking of, of previous icons, and again, get the whole resort getting in on what would have been the 30th anniversary. Have you seen what what Voodoo Donuts is doing? The 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 Jack Donut. Oh, it looks amazing. Mm, I you know I just I, I don't get me wrong. I I, <laughs> I love me some Voodoo Donuts, uh, but you know if I, if I personally had to pick out the really terrifying donut on you know on the menu there, it's the pumpkin spice. I mean, I, I it's why why do we have to have this much pumpkin spice? You know, I just it just I didn't vote on this. I live in pumpkin country, and it just sort of like okay enough you know just you know the, the, the other day i was at the store and they had pumpkin flavored twinkies and it's just sort of like you know i mean again this is what keeps you up tonight the horrifying abomination of too much pumpkin spice so um I, i'm sure that it's someone from the tourism board in new hampshire being like okay we need something we have People are coming maple here for the leaves syrup. all right you know we have no leaves. you don't we have maple syrup okay well then <laughs> you have leaves that change we, color right okay. exactly okay so, yeah i mean we got things we don't need pumpkin spice i you know, agree. especially starting in august so anyway, um, okay. So now again, we have uh, sadly again, you know the the you know the big 30th anniversary Halloween Horror Night uh, that we, you know was planned for Universal Orlando got tabled, but mm-hmm. uh, but Japan on the other hand is is moving forward in an interesting way. Yeah. So it looks like Universal Studios Japan is going to be creating a new Halloween offering for 2020 for the new normal. Uh, that's directly from their their official release. I'm like, I love that they're calling it the new normal. Um, Universal Studios Japan Halloween celebration will be filled with safe, family-friendly entertainment full of fun, uh, hachamecha fun, uh, from September 18th through until November the 8th. Uh, looks like there's going to be, uh, you know, a lot of really cool, fun, safe things to do for the guests. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are parades and Halloween Horror Nights mazes that will not be held this year. So a lot of the work mm-hmm. that they put into Halloween Horror Nights is not just falling on deaf ears and going away. They're going to bring back all of that creativity when it's safe. Um, mm-hmm. Now, it looks like we're going to be doing, you know, Halloween characters, a lot of Halloween themed food and merch. What's very interesting is that Universal Studios Japan have incredibly popular characters like Minions and Sesame Street. Uh So in the States, Sesame Street is uh, up the street at SeaWorld, Uh where in Universal Studios Japan, they have that license. Uh So you get that opportunity to see full-fledged Halloween through characters that you may not see stateside. Well, and it's it's interesting you bring up that, you know, they have a different mix of IP there because, of course... Uh, stateside, Snoopy is, uh, it's the King's Dominions park, you know, it's like, uh, you know, like knots, uh, you know, in fact, but what's fascinating is to, in fact, I think my daughter Alice just the other night was sending me, they've got some 
really cute Snoopy vampire stuff that I guess they're doing for this year's mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, Halloween event at Universal Japan that I guess already you know the, a lot of the, the Peanuts fans are, are chasing after. Um, but again, you know, the, it, as you mentioned, it's interesting that you know, they found a family-friendly way to do you know, a, you know, a Halloween horror-themed event. And, and speaking of which, uh, Josh Cooley, the gentleman who directed, uh, you know, long-time uh, you know, Pixar vet, uh, directed Toy Story 4. Uh, he's working on a new family-friendly project for Universal called Little Monster. And the this is going to be a live-action animated hybrid project. But the interesting thing is that the the little monsters are are going to be based on the classic universal uh monsters from the 30s and the 40s uh but the the designs for these these new juvenile you know creatures mm-hmm. is being done by crash mccreary which uh if you know the pirates of the caribbean films you know for example the uh skeleton pirates uh that's that's all crash i mean he's he's you know, just has this amazing skill for delivering memorable monsters, memorable creatures, and it's going to be interesting to see if he can, how he's going to hit that sweet spot between honoring, you know, the the classic Universal monsters and delivering something family friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh, burying the needle in the exact opposite direction, on the other hand, uh, we have Blumhouse, which, on the heels <laughs> of their incredibly successful Invisible Man movie. From earlier this year, they're now doing uh, a Wolfman movie. Uh, and what's kind of interesting is they're doing a Wolfman movie with Ryan Gosling, who, uh, Dustin, you may recall uh, Guillermo del Toro at one point had sewed up to star in yeah. Disney's Haunted Mansion movie, which uh, just in the past week we found out they're going into different direction with that they've got a new screenwriter and uh and guillermo and and ryan are nowhere to be seen so oh that's sad i i always really wanted to uh see guillermo's take for the haunted mansion because he's such a fan he is he is um and you know the interesting thing is that he you know i i remember in fact i was actually at comic-con in the disney presentation when they ran the teaser for his take on it, and when the audience saw the Hatbox Ghost, it, you know this was Hall H. There was this you know, this embarrassing geek noise from six thousand people, like <laughs> you know, like can't wait to see that movie. And it's just sort of like, and this was before they had put uh, they had the new Hatbox uh, character in the attic, uh, you know, at least in, in California. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, that's uh, so. This is you know that this is a new take on uh, the, the the Wolfman from Forty One with with Lon Chaney Jr. Uh, also worth noting that it wasn't all that long ago that Universal did a reboot on Wolfman. I uh, Benicio del Toro, I want to say, starred in that one, and, and Joe Johnston of uh, Rocketeer fame. Uh, came in as the sort of came over the hill as the cavalry when that film kind of went off the rails and stepped in as the director. So um, it's worth seeing. I, you know, it's just it's interesting that they actually, if you watch the movie, Joe was enough of a fan of the film from '41 that the makeup is very, very heavily influenced by what Jack Pierce did with the original, uh, you know, Wolfman makeup. 
done. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see where they, they go from here. And, and speaking of going from here, folks, okay, we're going into a commercial. And when we come back out, bad news. All right. I'm just saying it. So, you know, uh, do make your decisions. And hopefully we'll see you on the other side. And we're back. All right. Um, so you, nope. you've made your disclosure. Yep. Anyone who's here can't get mad at us yep. because it's going to be some bad news. But it's not all bad news. I want to stress that because there there's been some, some interesting, fun stuff, you know, some positive things that have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's face it. The story really starts in mid-March of, of this year when, you know, uh, you know, Disney and Universal, b- being responsible corporations, decided to shut down their theme parks while, you know, just everybody kind of got a handle on, well, how are we going to handle, you know, Corona? How do we make this go away? Um, but, you know, two months in... Uh, Universal decides, you know, it's it's time to get back to work. So what was it? May 15th, we, we had City Walk open. And then I want to say like three weeks later, uh, we had on June 5th, um, Universal Parks and Resorts opens its uh, Central Florida theme parks for the first time since mid-March. And mm-hmm. I want to say Volcano Bay opens in that same window of time. Um and I know we talked about this on a, 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 a previous show, Dustin, but it was significant that, you know, it's really less than, than two weeks later that we get the announcement uh, on June 23rd that uh, the Universal Orlando Resort is laying off an undisclosed number of team members. Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, Tom Schroeder, nice guy, I really like Tom. Uh, releases a statement that says we have made the difficult decision to reduce our park and resorts workforce across multiple locations and business units. This decision was not made lightly, but was necessary to prepare us for the future. We are working to structure and strengthen our business for the future in in anticipation of the tourism industry taking time to fully recover. So what's your take on, on that decision? What happened between the 5th and the 23rd? That basically shows me that on June 5th, when Universal reopened, Mm -hmm. they got lighter than expected crowds. Mm -hmm. The conversation on social media and on blogs and YouTube was basically saying that we don't know whether or not it's safe to go in. Mm -hmm. We love the idea of a theme park and escape from reality, but it may not be safe right now for us to go in. And I think what Universal said is we're going to keep the parks open, but we know that it's impossible for us to staff our theme parks at the same level pre-COVID as right now in June. Okay, I think that's a pretty solid take on, on what happened. But but the interesting thing is, one week later, uh, you know, we, we get the Born Stuntacular opening, and yep. you know, everyone raves about that. You know, wonderful, uh, you know, new indoor stunt show. Now, mind you, it it does have the handicap of, again, we're in COVID, so okay, you know, you can only get what half, you know, if that, 
of the number mm-hmm. of people you normally want to get into that show. Uh, have to do social distancing in the theater. Uh, but again, this this is a company that is still focused on the future. So July 9th, uh, construction of the yet to officially be, I, I, mean, I love this about Universal, that, you know, here's all this steel, all this concrete in the ground, and it's like, what coaster? I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, but yes, the Jurassic Park themed coaster, which again, we, we've heard from a bunch of sources, the Velocicoaster. That, I mean, yeah, we yeah. we were one of the the ones that found the trademark yeah. on the Velocicoaster, and we're like, we don't know what this is. Um, but then, as soon as you look into the uh, the fine print of those lovely trademark mm-hmm. uh, reports, they tend to disclose a lot. So do, yeah. Do. Okay. So anyway, July 9th, they actually put the last piece of track or the, the highest piece of track in place. So that they, in effect, this project tops out, mm-hmm. you know, and in fact, they, they what's particularly <laughs> the giveaway is that in fact, there were all these images online of the, the, the Raptor themed flag that they draped off of the highest piece of steel. Yeah. So. When you plant your flag in something that says mm-hmm. Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. you, you're kind of letting the cat out of the bag. You know, and again, it's, it's, so it's wonderful to have this ride to look forward to, I'm assuming, for 2021. Mm-hmm. But conversely, on July 24th, we got the announcement that this year's Halloween Horror Nights, which you and I just talked about at the front of the show, 30th anniversary edition, highly anticipated. It's supposed to be, uh, what, more than 30 dates, I wanted to say, of between September 30th and November 1st. Yeah, it was going to be a record number of dates. It was going to be basically all the Halloween Horror Nights, uh, the the anticipation just combined. Everyone was excited for it. It was going to be incredible uh, to see the icons from the past coming in with new and unique styles. And so that's why when we got this announcement that Universal Orlando Resort and Universal Studios Hollywood have made the difficult decision to not hold Halloween Horror Night events this year. Universal Orlando Resort will be focusing exclusively on operating its theme park for daytime guests using the enhanced health and safety procedures already in place, whereas Universal Studios Hollywood continues to face growing business restrictions and uncertainty about its opening time frame. And that's still going on, but we'll get to that later. Okay, this brings us to July 27th, uh, which, by the way, this is when... Uh, Gabrielle Rousson of the Orlando Sentinel wrote an amazing article about the uh, that lawsuit that's been going on in relation to uh, of Universal's Volcano Bay. There's one slide in particular, Dustin. I'm blanking the name. Yeah, the the Punga Racers water slide. Yeah, uh, that's been problematic since day one. Uh, and remember, this park has only been open since May of, of 2017. So, you know, we're, we're three years in, if that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if you count them being closed since March or thereabouts. But, um, but yeah, that, that depending on, you know, which article you read or who you talk to, there's been 90 people to 115 different people injured riding on this thing. Uh, yeah, we're talking scrapes, nosebleeds, concussions, whiplash. Uh, yeah, it looks like it's it's one one heck of a ride. Yeah, yeah. But again, Gabriel uh, did an amazing job. Be sure and check that article out, folks. Um, all right. So, and uh, a moment ago, we were talking about you know how, how sad it was that Halloween Horror Nights uh, had been canceled. But the interesting thing is, 
Universal had ordered all of this merch. <laughs> so it's like, okay, event canceled, store still open. So, uh, and you had talked at, at the, you know, at the top of the show, Dustin, about the Halloween Horror Nights Tribute Store, uh, which, you know, uh, opened on July 25th uh, at Universal Studios Florida. And um, I, I have to admit, I'm just kind of intrigued at that, again, they keep, Seemingly, every time I turn around, there's something new. There's some sort of Easter egg that somebody's just discovered or a new room that's opened up. Um, yep, new rooms, new merch. Uh, they've got the printed T-shirt where you choose your design and then they print the shirt while you're waiting. They, they've got some really cool stuff. And as I said, you have to try and get through this. I know that it's not a replacement, but as a Halloween Horror Nights fan and knowing that Halloween Horror Nights isn't happening in 2020, having this store is a great way to just express your fondness for the event and also look forward to what's going on next year. Yeah. And, you know, certainly, you know, for those of us who loved the event for, you know, all of these decades, the fact that you you get to take stuff home that you know from maybe your favorite year of the show uh worthwhile we jump ahead to july 29th uh where uh, you know the universal orlando resort announces that starting in august uh they're going to change their operating hours uh and and what's kind of interesting is that the parks had both been on a 9 a.m to 6 p.m schedule uh, where starting in August, uh, Universal Studios Florida was would go to a 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. schedule, mm-hmm. whereas Islands would would you know sort of go to a fro to a 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. schedule. Um, and maybe they're doing the whole Epcot thing where they're not going to open uh, Future World and World Showcase at the same time because everyone starts in Future World and then eventually meanders their way to the back of the park. Maybe that's their thoughts with uh, having the studios open before Islands of Adventure. I don't know. That's an idea. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, that, that, I, 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 that's, that's the good positive spin on what's happening here whereas at the very next day july 30th comcast the parent company of uh universal parks and resorts uh they released their second quarter earnings results and uh, the revenue that comcast theme parks and resorts division generated for that quarter fell off by 94 percent from the same period in 2019 so we're talking uh 87 million Versus the, the nearly 1.5 billion from the previous year, um, and you know, so clearly, you know, again, when you look at that, you know, what just happened with the hours, it's like, okay, you know, we we, <laughs> you know, we we need to react here. We need to send the you know the the, the right message to our corporate masters that we're being responsible. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of which, though, uh, during the same call with investors, NBC Universal CEO Jeff Shell. Uh, announced that Universal Parks and Resorts would be pausing development of Epic Universe, that $6 billion project, uh, which was originally supposed to open on uh, 2023 on 750 acres of land along Sand Lake and Kirkman Road. And what basically Jeff said was, this project is unpaused till our future becomes more certain. And what I find fascinating about this, Dustin, is, okay, we have the CEO saying this mm-hmm. on July 30th. And yet, if you've been listening to uh, what Len and I have been talking about on the last two Disney Dish shows, 
there's been this slew of surveys that Universal has sent out that clearly are, are mining for information that they can then use to refine the Epic Universe uh, mm-hmm. plans. And I can't help but wonder um, if they're about to make another run at the board with maybe a, a trimmed down version of the park. You know, to the effect of, okay, we, we paired it back to the stuff that re- people really, really, really want. Yeah. And, you know, that, and we've, we've crept in our construction number. But again, you know, that COVID isn't going to be here forever. And if we want to be, you know, competitive in this market, especially with the, the, the certain mouse that lives up the street, um, we need to, you know, we can't wait. We, you know, we, we've already prepped the land. We need to move forward. Yeah. And Len brought up a really good point that on paper, it's 750 acres of land, but that's the theme park mixed in with parking, mixed in with the hotel, mixed in with all of the infrastructure. So there are certain construction timelines that have to be met Mm -hmm. before you can go on to the next domino. So it makes sense that we're looking at something like, yes, $6 billion is a lot, uh, in you know U- NBC Universal dollars, uh, but we're also looking at what's going to come in the future post COVID because it's not going to be around forever, and you want to be ahead of the game. I agree. I agree. Okay, so again, we have this earnings call. Yep. On you know on you know the the thirtieth, and again ninety four percent drop in earnings. So. July 31st. Uh, first of all, Universal Orlando announces as of August 9th, temporarily closing certain attractions at its two Florida theme parks. So uh, Universal Florida side, we lose a day in the park with Barney. We lose Kang and Kodo's Twirl and Hurl. Mm-hmm. Uh, we lose Fear Factor Live, which we were going to lose anyway, you know, yep. had they done Halloween Horror Night. But the one that really had to hurt was Fast and Furious Supercharged. I mean, that thing's only been open two years, if that. I, um, I loved how honest you were on the show with Len mm-hmm. um, because we, anyone who's ridden that attraction, mm-hmm. uh, there is no surprise here. Yeah. Out of all of the rides and shows at Universal Studios Florida to close, mm-hmm. Uh, that's uh, that's a pretty pretty easy decision. Yeah, but it just it's one of these things where it's like, how do you tell the studio, you know, who's got two more, uh, you know, Fast and Furious films teed up? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, eh, well, you know, that cross promotional thing ain't working out. Uh, on the other hand, uh, over at Islands, uh, we we lost uh, Stormforce uh, Celatron. Yep. Uh, and also Poseidon's Fury, uh, which, geez, if you think about it, we just lost uh, Sinbad's, the, the, the eighth voyage of Sinbad mm-hmm. a year or so back. So it's just sort of like, you know, that, oof, God, you know, uh, you know, that whole side of the park now is what? Mythos? Bo- yeah, <laughs> I guess the restaurant and a couple of booths selling yeah. stuff before you... Go up the hill to Harry Potter. Um, so the countdown's on until whatever is coming into that uh, that plot of land, which if you do the Google Maps uh, straight down look, mm-hmm. it's a fairly substantial amount of land. It's not as much as you think. Mm-hmm. So if you are interested in kind of the that uh, area, Poseidon's Fury, Sinbad's, just just do that search. You'll you'll see what we're talking about. Um, exact same day. Uh, Universal Orlando Resorts a- announces a second 
Ronda laughs. Uh, again, uh, Tom Schroeder has a difficult job, but, you know, makes a statement to the effect of, we have again made the difficult decision to reduce our workforce to reflect current priorities and needs. As always, we are aware of the impact that this will have on those affected by this decision and their families. Um, but at the same time, understanding that they still need to keep the lights on, this is when they announce their buy-a-day ticket. Uh, you know, and I, I got to it's one of these things. It's like this one. I if I I lived down in Florida, I would have taken advantage of in a heartbeat. It's it's absolutely yeah for the cost of a one one day uh, but two park ticket. Which mm-hmm. I want to say is one hundred and sixty nine dollars or thereabouts. Um, you you got the right to return to Universal Studios and Universal Islands Adventure multiple times between August first and December twenty fourth. Many times as you want during that time. Uh, conditions though, uh, ticket has to be purchased by September thirtieth. Uh, and if you wanted to also t- throw in um, Volcano Bay with that, there was an additional $29 upcharge, which I, I got it within inches of 200 bucks. Um, mm-hmm. Also, sorry for, for, for folks like myself and Dustin who live far away, but this was offer is only available to Florida residents, and you had to produce a valid, uh, to me, a valid photo ID for the state of Florida uh before you'd be allowed to purchase so and not just a library card no that doesn't work i've tried yeah you know that <laughs> you know so all right um okay we now push into august and on august 14th the universal Orlando resort announces that on august 21st the sapphire uh the low sapphire falls resort and universal adventura hotel will temporarily close uh, a Lowe's hotel spokesman says we are continuing to evaluate our offerings and have decided to consolidate our hotel operations as we manage through current conditions. And I mean, you get why they close those two hotels, right? Oh, absolutely. Especially if you're looking at the offer that was made by Universal, uh, basically saying that we are attracting Florida residents. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most Florida residents live within a couple hours drive of Universal. So coming in and doing a day trip is a lot easier, which also means you're dealing with the, you know, heads and beds if you can't fill a resort because of travel restrictions like the closing of borders or the the issue of you know airports and that kind of thing it makes sense to consolidate your efforts consolidate your staff and know that on the other side of covid will reopen but for the time being you can't have a fully staffed hotel with a five percent occupancy no, it makes perfect sense. Also, though, to, to, to stress the obvious, Aventura and Sapphire Falls are so intertwined. I mean, they share what the same parking structure and a mm-hmm. lot of back of the house stuff. It was uh, when they were going over the hotels that they could take down relatively easily. You know, that those two came to mind. Um, on a far lighter note. Um, I, and in fact, I, I have to admit, you know, again, I live in the country. I love looking out the window here and seeing the red-tailed hawk that lives around here fly around. And I, I have to admit, I enjoyed 
uh, I think it was was it Bio Reconstruct who who first noticed the the osprey that was building the nest at the top of the Velociraptor. Yeah, uh, he track? he got some great photos, and I know that uh, since then we've had a lot of bloggers and vloggers and uh, professional you know mm-hmm. theme park uh, journalists going in and getting some great views of these adorable little birds who are not really little. No, no, they are not, and. Um, and the interesting thing is that that you know uh, you know the, the female osprey started building her nest and you know Universal crept in and you know discreetly cleared out the nest and then suddenly it's Mr. and Mrs. Osprey who are working together to you know to build a nest and uh, yeah, so Universal once again goes to the top of the track and puts up a blue tarp and wraps it around the nest site and forgetting that ospreys have these giant claws and so they, they just basically tore through the pl- blue plastic tarp and started rebuilding their nest and this went on for about a, a, a week to 10 days and Universal you know was desperately trying to figure out how to handle this because um the osprey is i want to stress here it's not on the endangered species list um but it is protected by the u.s migratory bird treaty act um so it was you know it's one of these things where you actually have to file um a, a permit to remove an unused nest and it was one of these things where it's like well look they're building it it's clearly used but it's like but it's at the top of a roller coaster yeah you know? but it's, it's going to be called the velocicoaster and velociraptors are a raptor so maybe this, they're saying you know what uh, possession is nine tenths of the law could 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 well be um anyway as i understand it uh they, it turns out there are if you go Right across the road from from Universal at the old Dr. Phillips High School setup, there are actually nest boxes set up on light poles and that sort of thing that that they put there deliberately with the hope that ospreys would use them. And I guess over time they were able to persuade Mr. and Mrs. Os- you know osprey to, you know, Dr. Phillips much quieter. <laughs> You're very less likely that your chicks will get hit by a roller coaster. Yeah, but no so. no butter beer. So you know it's all about location, location, location. This is true. This is true. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, so I, I, I was enjoying that. Um, but, you know, but OK, we jump ahead to August 18th. And this is when, again, an, an interesting sort of companion to the one day multiple visit ticket. Uh, we got Universal shifting to a date based price model for its theme park tickets, which um you who follow disney so closely uh dustin know that that disney switched to a similar system what back in october of 2018 yep and it took a little bit of time to get used to but you know at the end of the day having a date-based pricing model for theme parks when you're dealing with folks coming in from out of town and knowing that there's busy days and lighter days like we're going to talk about soon, uh, it makes more sense to know when to, uh, you know, put attraction discounts for certain days out there. So, Mm. yeah, this wasn't a big shock. It was a shock that it came when it did, but it wasn't a shock that Universal Orlando wanted to go that route. And speaking of shocking, on this exact same day, Ron Meyer, the vice chairman of NBC Universal, gentleman who's been with the company for 25 years, done some really great things. Uh, abruptly resigns. Uh, turns out that years ago, 
Uh, he had an extramarital affair that seems to have left Ron exposed uh, to possible blackmail. Uh, in fact, you know, if you, you want to go digging around in the trades, Hollywood Reporter or Variety, uh, there, there's an allegation that, that certain individuals in the entertainment industry, and, and we're not talking about key grips or, you know, guys who work lights, but like directors, uh, were supposedly using this information to potentially extort Mr. Meyer with the idea that he would then green light Universal making these person's movies. Mm -hmm. uh, he brought this to the attention of the board. Uh, the board decided, uh, you know, appreciated him being forthright about this situation, but at the same time, you know, just he, he hadn't, you know, he was making them aware well after the fact. And so uh, they requested his resignation. He did so. And it's, it's, this is now under investigation, but in a summer full of difficulties. The company didn't need this black guy. Yeah. Um, but but again, for theme park fans, this moves quickly into the Review Americas. On August 21st, uh, this is when the Beetlejuice Room uh, debuts at the uh, Halloween Horror Night Tribute Store at Universal Studios Florida. Um, and uh, have you been able to find out whether or not any of these props that have showed up were they going to be part of the Beetlejuice maze, or I? I every time I, I looked at the Beetlejuice room, I'm like, okay, how much is coming from the Broadway show? Uh, <laughs> oh, interesting point. Yeah, yeah, I could see uh, a Beetlejuice Halloween Horror Nights maze or experience, and when they mm -hmm. made the announcement to cancel Halloween Horror Nights for 2020 to reuse or at least put those themed elements out into the store along with the merchandise. Just makes sense. But part of me really wanted the Broadway show to have a little bit more of a, you know, hey, we're not going to ever run the show ever again, but here's some of the props. Go and enjoy your your time at uh, Universal Studios Florida. I don't know. I want to say, wasn't it Warner Theatrical that did the Broadway show? Oh, I'll have to look into that. But, um, but and no, I have to admit, again, I think we talked about the, the snakehead on the stairs selfie that everyone seemed mm -hmm. to be, you know, really responding to because it's seen everywhere. But anyway, so it's, it, that's August 21st and an August 22nd, which let's face it, when you're good, it's August 22nd, you can see the end of summer. It's, it's, yeah. it's looming, uh, which is why it was kind of interesting on this day, universal's volcano Bay, uh, water park or water theme park. Excuse me. That, that they really the, want you the to say third gate. It's, the third it's gate. a, it's a theme park. Yep, they said uh, <laughs> that as of September 8th, which uh, is two days after we record the show, Dustin, um, Volcano Bay will then start closing on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, and Universal Resort officials announced they were making these changes due to our operational needs and fall travel trends. Interesting. Yeah, so... Well, um, it makes sense. Operationally, if mm -hmm. you were to have a, a water park that's operating five days mm -hmm. a week, you can just give your staff the other two days off, and you don't have to mm -hmm. have two shifts going. You can just have people working five days. Now, Volcano Bay is always an interesting thing, especially now mm -hmm. going into the off-season. Uh, October, November, December, there's a lot less of a crowd, a lot, lot less of a demand for water mm -hmm. parks. And it's why Disney closes 
use uh, Blizzard Beach and Typhoon Lagoon right after each other to do that preventative maintenance. So maybe they'll have that time to uh, really focus on the cleanliness and, you know, just look after the crowds. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see what's going to happen. I know that uh, just recently, mm-hmm. you know, Volcano Bay kind of hit capacity. So that's yeah, true. That's true. Okay, we were just talking about raptors hanging out at the uh, the new coaster that's being uh, constructed at Isles Adventure on August twenty fifth. Uh, in a canny bit of let's give folks who live on social media something to look at. Um, did you see the whole thing of them rolling the raptor statue into the park? Uh, yeah, in the middle of the day. Yeah. It, like, if you're going to do something like this, I am shocked that they didn't put a hashtag on the tail. Oh, uh, no. Like, know, know who, your, who your audience is. It's, it just was shocking. But I do want to point out that it's a statue. It didn't look like it was an audio animatronic. Mm-hmm which means that it's going to be placed in a scene or two within the ride where they're going to be, you know, probably some lighting and sound effects, but it's not a audio animatronic. They don't look like they're actually moving. Well, now, speaking of which, I, again, want to give credit to the amazing Bio Reconstruct and it, these flyovers of the park, but um, he not only caught the, when they had it on the crane, and they mm-hmm. were lowering it into the park. But what he noticed once they had it in position, that it's actually one of two raptor statues that there was already. Oh, yeah. This wasn't the first one. Yeah. There's this will be really interesting. I wonder which one it was. Was it blue? Was it alpha? I, I he's wrapped in saran. You know, that, that, <laughs> so I, you know, I, I do not know, but uh, it was a Saranoraptor. Oh, ooh, ooh. I had to ooh, see. Wow, that is in the dad book, you know, yep. dad joke book. That that's 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 upper pages. Um, okay, so um, and again, I, you know, I, I have to admit, in a summer full of bad publicity and and tough breaks, it was wonderful to see this news explode. And you know, people, oh, I, you know, that looks great, and I really want to get on that ride. And it was nice to have. Universal will have a, a nice story for one. So, but then mm-hmm. the very next day, uh, August twenty sixth, uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis uh, sits down with representatives of Disney and Universal, and he clearly wants to be able to position uh, the reopening of Central Florida's theme parks as if it's one of his big successes when it comes to, it comes to the way that that Florida has handled COVID-19. Uh, in fact, Ron goes on to say that he supports the idea that Disney Universal increase the uh, coronavirus-related capacity of their theme parks and increase the number of the guests that are allowed to come to these parks each day. And it's just sort of like, uh, you know, the, the, the fact that, you know, <laughs> again, I don't want to get started on Ron DeSantis other than <laughs> want to hit that guy with a polo mallet. Um, again, but wow, that news did not... Uh age well no it did not because the two days later on august 28th the lowe's hotel company which again they run the hotels on um at the universal orlando resort um you know so technically they employ a good number of the folks who work at the universal orlando resort though they are lowe's employees uh, yep, and they they're amazing people. When we were there with the Universal Joint podcast event last year, we had great experiences with them. Absolutely, and good people. This is 
this is one of those things that comes out with this news mm. uh, is that they are people. Yeah. And I know that we we look at these huge numbers and we're like, okay, that's a lot of people. But as soon as you have made that you know relationship with them, you're like, okay, this person isn't going to be here anymore. And that's when it becomes more real. To explain, uh, Lowe's sends a letter on the 20th to Orange County Mayor uh, Jerry Demings and Orlando Mayor Buddy Dwyer and says that they are considering layoffs of more than 1,900 employees that work at the Universal Orlando Resort. And to break this down for you folks, we're talking about 475 employees at Portofino, uh, 457 at Sapphire Falls, 311 at Royal Pacific, uh, 256 at uh, the brand new Endless Summer uh, Dockside, uh, 200 at the Hard Rock, uh, 191 at the Aventura, uh, 176 at the Lakewood Support. These are the folks who do, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the towels, the sheets, the, you know, the, the stuff that all the hotels use. Mm-hmm. Uh, then 164 at Cabana Bay and finally 76 at the Endless Summer Surfside. Uh, and I want to stress here, this is the third set of layoffs at Universal since June 23rd of this year. So... Uh, but which, but what makes me crazy is you make that announcement, and okay, Dustin, talk about what you saw just yesterday coming out of of Universal Orlando Resort. Yeah, let's be honest. I couldn't have cringed any harder when I was looking at the photos and the videos and keeping track of social media and people basically sharing their experiences that they are seeing firsthand from going into Universal Orlando Resort, mm-hmm. be it at the studios, Islands of Adventure, or the water theme park, Volcano Bay. I, as someone who uh, am trying to stay within a social circle and be more cognizant about the realities of COVID, it made me uncomfortable. But it was less about that and more about just seeing how many people were packed into this theme park. And I understand that there are uh, capacity issues. They both hit, all three of them actually hit capacity uh, by early morning. Uh, it is It was a state-mandated uh, capacity. It wasn't Universal's uh, capacity. It was something that the state looked at and said, hey, this is how much it's safe. But mm-hmm. yeah, I was just shocked at the, the photos and the videos coming up. You saw some of the videos and the photos, right? Uh, I did. I mean, uh, but look, you know, it, it, see, the problem is I, I have to admit, you know, again, in a good news, bad news situation, it's like, again, the fact that mm-hmm. these parks have been doing such low capacity, they've been letting these, these employees go, the fact that you know, and again, you know, it fits the historical patterns. They've always had busy times yes. on these, you know, long three-day weekends, you know, Labor Day weekend, you know, Columbus Day weekend, you know, Veterans Day weekend, you know, that sort of thing. You know, Yeah, any any of those three-day weekends when you work in a theme park mm-hmm. uh, or any sort of tourism endeavor – Though that's when you make your money. That's that's when you have those conversations with the people and just be like, you know what? I work in tourism. Mm-hmm. You guys enjoy your your long weekends and this type of thing. We're gonna be there helping, you know, you lighten the load of your wallet. Yeah. But it just but at the same time, the very thing you were talking about, looking at the imagery and now mind you, I I wanna stress here. I saw, you know, I, I didn't see a whole lot of people not wearing masks. I saw a lot of people wearing masks, but they were very, very close together. 
<laughs> yeah, and I saw a lot of people come out and uh, kind of do the pinpoint of, oh, that person wasn't and that person wasn't. There's a, there's a difference between what Disney has done with their mask policy and Universal has done with their mask policy um, by way of when you're walking around with a drink. Mm. At Disney, you have to be in a specific area. At Universal, you can walk with a drink, bring your mask down, drink, and then put it back up. Every photo is a split second moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so just keep that in mind. I have seen a lot of demonization of, of individuals. And it's like, guys, just take a step back. Um, but what I tried to figure out with this is people who were there having fun at a theme park. I love that idea. An escape. An idea of like, okay, we're, we don't have to be stuck to the news. We're able to go and get a butterbeer. We're able to go and get, you know, some merch. Go and have a, a great meal. I don't know that I could be in that environment just as a theme park fan being like i don't know there's just too many people yeah i, I have to admit I, you know again i don't get me wrong i have so many friends who work at these parks and work for these corporations i you know i you know the fact that this many people turned up which means that you know that, that they made money and yep. you know hopefully that means you know they can you know the 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 letter that Lowe sent maybe this means that few people will lose their jobs but it's just sort of but at the same time i i can't ignore the fact that you know again september 8th arrives in 2 days and that's mm-hmm. when you know uh you know that's when volcano bay goes to its you know not open on tuesday thursday schedule and we already saw uh, you know the the parks creeping in their hours from you know opening you know, or closing at six to opening at five or or, or closing at five and opening at ten a.m. Yep. Um, yep. And there is something to be said about the folks who are going to the parks midweek. You know Monday through Friday or Monday through Thursday. Enjoy. Uh, I saw a video the other day midday. The wait time for the Hogwarts Express was thirty five minutes. The wait time for Hagrid's was 15. Mm -hmm. So just enjoy. Know when people are going to the theme parks. If you're able to, don't go on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Now again, I'm just hoping that a, a number of uh, you know Florida locals are, are taking advantage of that you know uh, that buy one day get the rest of the year free ticket because certainly you know they they could take advantage of the midweek lack of crowds and get in there and really enjoy the parks and yeah and then maybe they'll enjoy the the potential of upgrading to an annual pass next year. And then you get more perks. You get you. You saw that there's a Universal Orlando annual pass holder lounge that's opened up inside of the Jurassic Park Discovery Center. Oh, I did not. Okay. Well, yeah. So they've uh, opened up downstairs where they used to have all those interactive exhibits. Like as long as we can have people come into the parks and safely enjoy mm-hmm. uh, the hard work that's being put in there, awesome. And I'm sure that going forward on the next show, we'll talk about how the September 8th uh, day comes and what happens. I'm hoping no more layoffs. I'm hoping just let's stay the course, see what happens. Well, I'm, but I'm- until we record that that the new show, which will be in two weeks, folks, I promise. Uh, <laughs> where can they find you elsewhere online, Dustin? So I'm over at Steps to Magic uh, pre-COVID. Um, mm-hmm. Disney and 
universal trip planning advice. Um, I'm just enjoying the the time to you know really think about what. Uh, trip planning and what Universal and Disney are going to look like after COVID. So that's where I am. Um, But I know you've been cranking out all of your episodes. It's been such a nice distraction from the the real world. Well, you know, just that, but again, that that, I'm just glad to finally get this one back up on the board because I seriously, I think Universal does so much good work. But yeah, we, we've we've had regular episodes of Disney Dish, Fine Tuning with Drew Taylor, uh, even Mud with Aaron Adams, uh, the gentleman who edits a lot of the podcasts here. Uh, looking at Lucasfilm, just recently we talked about uh, George Lucas's Red Tails, and you know, as I mentioned, we're going to get a new I Want That out the door uh, this week. Uh, Knockwood. Uh, anyway, folks, uh, tell you what, if you could do Dustin and I a favor, get head over uh, to uh, iTunes and rate and recommend not only I like theme parks, but also uh, the show you're listening to right now, Universal Joint. That would be incredibly helpful. Uh, and by the way, if you really, really like what you've done, we've done here, if you get over to Bandcamp and subscribe, uh well that that helps keep the lights on and let's see uh you folks are looking to follow you on social media dustin where might they find you yeah i'm over at dustin foose on instagram steps to magic instagram facebook everywhere uh you know we're all on social media if something's going on we're we're gonna let you know okay cool cool and nancy wants me to remind you that on uh, jim hill media side if you want to find us on twitter or instagram it's jim hill media and if you want to find us on facebook it's uh jim hill media news anyway folks i'm sorry to have to conk, uh, cut this short but the phone is ringing and evidently my brother has some news about my mom up on the roof so uh, i gotta go and but we will be back with a brand new show in two weeks time until then thanks for listening